Hi, this is Jeff Coburn. We welcome you to this Disney Insights podcast. Six years ago, this last weekend, Disney premiered its newest land, Pandora World of Avatar. Based on James Cameron's successful film, this set a new level of experiences not seen anywhere else. The centerpiece of this experience of this land at Disney's Animal Kingdom was Avatar's Flight of Passage. It is called Flight of Passage because the flight is a rite of passage. We will look at what exactly those rites of passages are that play out in this attraction. Moreover, we will talk about how we ourselves have our own rites of passage that we must observe. Our focus on this attraction will take on a new level of understanding and insight as we not only see the fruits of a well-imagined Disney experience, but see how those same concepts play out personally and in our professional lives. Join us as we continue our celebration of Disney's Animal Kingdom's 25th anniversary as we study the rites of passage on Avatar's Flight of Passage. Make sure you check out our um, our uh, page on DisneyInsights.com because uh, many of the keynotes and concepts that we talk about in this podcast are listed there. And uh, like many of our former Disney at Work podcasts, we're going to have these souvenirs for you to consider for your own life, for your own organization as you as we kind of complete this entire podcast. So make sure you check out DisneyInsights.com and make sure while you are there, you are subscribed so you can be notified of new podcasts as they come out. Also, make sure that you subscribe to your local um, podcast um, deliver. And uh, if you get a chance, please offer a positive review or rating. That is so helpful to us. Well, let's, um, let's go to the world of Pandora at Disney's Animal Kingdom. When Avatar, the film, opened, it was the highest grossing movie of all time, with worldwide ticket sales of nearly $2.8 billion. Seeing that success realized, Cameron had shared that there were four sequels that were expected in the upcoming years. That has shifted back and forth, but, but that was what was announced at the time. The Walt Disney Company approached James Cameron in the spring of 2011 about the possibility of creating attractions based on James Cameron's hit film. The discussion came in the wake of Disney losing out to rival Universal Studios, who was able to convince J.K. Rowling to bring her Harry Potter world to life in the Universal Parks. Negotiations went quickly with Cameron as both parties made an official announcement on September 20th of that same year that Avatar would be coming to Walt Disney World. Since that time, it's been a close collaboration between Walt Disney Imagineering and Cameron's production company, Lightstorm Entertainment. The project is led under the direction of Joe Rohde, executive um, designer and vice president of creative. He led the original creation of Disney's Animal Kingdom, plus such projects as Alani and Adventures Club. Based on the reception of this attraction, and equally important to films, Disney would consider adding Avatar-themed attractions at other Disney parks worldwide. And in fact, just this last couple of months, Bob Iger has announced that Pandora, the world of Avatar, will be coming in some form 
to the Disneyland Resort. When Joe was tasked to actually build the world physically in Disney's Animal Kingdom, he had a tall order ahead of him. So tall that as the floating islands, they would have to appear as if they were hanging in midair without any appearance of having structural support. And if that were not enough, the mountains would need to have water flowing down from them 24 hours a day. And at night, it would have to all glow as though it were one giant luminescent force, bioluminescent force. So construction on the 12-acre property, it began in 2014. The thought was that they were going to open by 2016, but in the end, it didn't open until the start of summer 2017, six years ago. A dedication ceremony was held on May 24th with Bob Iger, James Cameron, John Landau, Fox chairman Stacy Snyder, and film star Sam Worthington, Zoe Saldana, and Sigourney Weaver all in attendance. Mind you, this was actually before Fox, um, 20th Century Fox, was purchased by Disney. Some 800 construction workers were brought into this entire project. A team of more than 60 artisans from the U.S., from Peru, France, Portugal, Japan, and Ireland contributed to creating the artscape of the floating mountains on Pandora, the world of Avatar. But none of this would have happened if Joe hadn't had the chance to build Disney's Animal Kingdom first some 25 years ago. That alone was a Herculean struggle. But that struggle gave him the confidence to move forward in building Pandora World of Avatar. Now, to understand this attraction, I hope you've seen it. Um, I hope you've had a chance to experience it. It is an amazing experience. And to understand it is to really understand the traditional rites of passage people often go through. The rite itself is structured around the four following um, rites. First, disorientation. This is when everything seems new. This is when change is kind of facing you in a whole new way. Confusion sets in as this new transition takes place. This is the moment of chaos. Second, challenge. You realize that you're about to undertake, what you're going to undertake is daunting and overwhelming. It's going to take facing considerable effort, even courage. This opportunity builds character, but not without a lot of sweat equity. Third, revelation. Aha or eureka moments begin to occur. This is an opportunity to work through the challenges and create for real transformation. Revelation occurs as you see pieces slowly come together, make sense. You begin to see the picture, the big picture through the tiniest details. And finally, fourth, release. It's when you've arrived at that level of completion. You have reached a new plateau and you feel the accomplishment of having achieved what seemed kind of impossible. It is the joy of giving birth to something new and special. You've not only learned lessons, but you have renewed confidence in what lies ahead. These are the four rites of passage, disorientation, challenge, revelation, release. Let's explore how these show up in the actual attractions experience. Then we're gonna look at how these same moments showed up when you actually created Pandora in Disney's Animal Kingdom. The first was disorientation. You are separated from what you've been familiar with before. Everything is new and disorienting. Remember, you're in the chair 
and you're in this lab and all of a sudden the lights flicker and every the the breeze blows and all of a sudden you are dumped right in the middle of Pandora. You drop quickly from from um, from high on up into the mountains and all of a sudden disorientation ensues. But following a Navi on a banshee ahead of you, you get a grasp quickly of how to guide the banshee you are you are riding. Soon you soar along the river past magnificent falls through thick forests and out onto the open ocean where you surf a barrel as you curve through a wave. By the way, I have to tell you, um, when I saw the ocean elements of Flight of Passage originally, I thought, wow, they've got to do a movie that takes us into this water, into the ocean. And sure enough, that's what the second film became. It became um, The Way of Water. And it just, if you haven't seen that film, I highly recommend it. It's on Disney Plus now. I would have recommended it if you could have gone to a theater and seen an IMAX. It's one of those moments where maybe plot-wise, it isn't the strongest film you ever saw. But I tell you, from a visual element, in fact, I'm, I'm digressing. I saw Little Mermaid last weekend, which I loved also, worth seeing but I felt like the moments under the water were too often too dark. Expected when you're in Ursula's lair, but it seemed to carry throughout so many moments except for under the sea. And I think they really did a great job of doing this. Now, anyway, we're back into disorientation as you are on the ride. You pull up and you go back into the mountains with the feeling that you're beginning to kind of master this experience. And just when you think you have a hang of it, something happens. That brings us to step two, the challenge. At the moment, you feel like you have become one with the Banshee. Along comes what initially may seem like another Banshee claiming its territory. Instead, it is a great uh, Leonopteryx. I think I pronounced that correctly. I tried practicing before we did this. The Navi actually referred to it as Torek. And the Navi name derives from the belief, and it's a flying kind of bat looking like creature with a very, uh, with a blue tongue and a very, um, very jagged teeth. Um, but their belief is that this Torek, when it casts its shadow, it will be the last shadow you will ever see. Um, and so here it is, this is coming upon you and its intent is to attack you. Now, um, this is the largest known aerial apex predator on Pandora. And so you try to dodge and seek to maneuver this winged demon. It seems difficult to shake loose as its intent is to come upon you. But you finally find relief as you move into a bioluminescent cave that the creature can't enter. You have managed in this next phase, revelation to avoid the Torek. And as you stop to catch your breath, you soon find solace in the cave. Wood sprites come around you and with energy bring the cave alive with light and color. It's as if nature is on its side and is refueling your passion. This moment of tranquility allows you to renew your strength as you move forward out of the cave. This brings us to the final section, release. 
With this newfound light and energy, you re-emerge into the beauty of Pandora. Your spirits let go and you fly high and above, soaring beneath the floating mountains. You have no fear, even as you pass over a sort of bull run of Sturmbees. You let the wind catch your soul as you take in the Pandoran sunset with its moons nearby. You are one with the universe, a universe you have only begun to explore. At that moment, the lights flash and you are back, brought back into the laboratory. It really is an amazing attraction. No wonder that lines were originally wow, three hours and 45 minutes seemed to be the designated time they kept listing on the thing. Um, and and uh, which is why, by the way, you now see virtual queues for other attractions like um, like Tron and um, and um, our. Um, <laughs> I can't draw, I can't jump between movies over at Epcot. The um um you know the relic goes to there. <laughs> I'm just drawing a blank. Sorry about this. All right, I'll come back to that. You know I'm gonna come back. And by the way, it's so funny because their movie came out too. I should have gone to see that movie. At any rate, all of this is very much at the heart of what Joe Rody experienced and his team at Disney's Animal Kingdom when they originally created the park, and especially when they went to develop Pandora, the world of Avatar. It was difficult enough to create the terrains of Africa and Asia while bringing in real animals, but with Pandora, this would be kind of an out-of-the-world effort. Floating islands would have to appear as if they were hanging in that midair, and that was an engineering that just was a tricky engineering kind of thing. At any rate, and deep within all of this would be otherworldly attractions that would take you deep into the world of Avatar. Um, whether it was the original park in 1998, 25 years ago, or Pandora World of Avatar last weekend, seven years ago, let's look at how the same rites of passage manifest themselves. First, on an episode, disorientation. On an episode of Season Pass Podcast, Joe Rohde spoke about the daunting challenge of imagineering Disney's Animal Kingdom originally. Quote, there was a moment after we received capital authorization to build the park, and I had finally relocated to Florida, and I'm walking around on this giant site, which is already cleared. They were starting to build. I was terrified, just terrified, terrified terrified because I'm thinking, what the heck? What do I know? What do I know? I don't know. I thought it was a good idea. I don't know. I don't know. The same panic came to Joe when he undertook the building of the world of Pandora. He said, quote, quote, the terrifying aspect for this thing early on was the fantastic nature of this property. I was writing these memos you guys are crazy. This is crazy. How are you going to do this? How are you going to make gigantic mountains like they're floating? How are you going to have principal characters that are 12 feet tall? How are you going to have all these organic, gigantic plants that glow? How are you even going to do any of this stuff? It's a fantastic property, but you're going to have to build it. End of quote. This is the disorientation that originally came as he 
took on Disney's Animal Kingdom, and it's the disorientation he took on when he did Pandora later. From disorientation, we go to challenge. Quote, this is what Joe said. I think if you're going to do something that has never been done before, then you don't get to know whether it's going to work or not. That's part of what you have to live with. If it hasn't been done before, then don't lie about it. You don't know if it's going to work. You're going to try it. You're going to do your best. Use your best thinking and your best behavior and your best design. But you don't know. It's the future, right? You don't know, but you have to have the courage to at least try, or else we'd all be sitting on a tree branch in Africa. End of quote. I think he speaks really well to embarking on any challenge in a rite of passage. It's how do I do something I don't know how to do? And that is always tricky because in that moment, you've got to have to figure out how to put these puzzle pieces. You're going to have to figure out how to look at the bigger picture. You're going to have to kind of change maybe your paradigm. And furthermore, you're going to have to just make movement, get out of the gate. Then you come into, as you go through that, you come into what's referred to as revelation. And to that, Joe Rohde had said, quote, and you don't, um, and I think this was relative to the Disney's Animal Kingdom, quote, and you don't know for a long time, and then finally, like a year and a half later, when you finally see it coming up, then I go, I could go, oh, okay, this is pretty cool. I think it's going to be cool. I think it's going to be real cool. But for the longest time, it's just like, because you get whipped up in the enthusiasm for your project. You got to sell it. You got to do it. You got to love your project. But then once you're building it and it's such a huge site, no one ever has ever done it before. And it's totally different. And you think, what the heck? So it was really scary for yeah six months for sure. For sure. I mean, really stomach achy. And like not sleeping, did I make a horrible mistake? But I don't think so. And I think it's a lovely place and people seem to really love it. End of quote. Speaking of Disney's Animal Kingdom. When it came to Pandora and building that years later, he said, quote, I had mentioned the flight of passage is composed like a rite of passage. That's narrative composition. It's also visually composed. One of the peculiarities of this attraction makes it different from a film is the need for universal focus. Clearly, there is a focal point, the guide, but anyone the experience can actually look anywhere. And if they look, they need, there needs to be something else to see. So we divided the screen into nine quadrants, like a tic-tac-toe grid. Generally speaking, the subject is either in the center square or the square just above that but all the other squares have subcategories of interesting things going on in them. So no matter what, where you are riding, you're going to see some interesting extra stuff. And because the space is so big, if you ride to the far left, you may not notice things on the far right. And if you ride near the top, you may not notice things near the bottom. So there is reason to come back and ride again. How many people have noticed the annoyed little monkey critter at the very end whose meal is interrupted by our triumphant landing? End of quote. So you can see how really 
Joe had managed to figure out. The aha was, we're going to put this this big film into a tic-tac-toe grid, and we're going to have many things going on, which it really goes hand-in-hand hand with the development of Pirates of the Caribbean, and there was concern that maybe you couldn't hear all the dialogue, and Walt said, it's like coming to a cocktail party. You're just hearing a different conversation. The repeatability of Pirates of the Caribbean is one of the great things because you're always seeing something new, something different. The same thing happens when you are looking at this film, Avatar's Flight of Passage. You're seeing something new, even more than what you see in Soren. Soren has the advantage of, okay, we're here, now we're going there, now we're going there, and we change to seven or eight different locations. Here, we're kind of in one fluid location, but you're constantly seeing different pieces of business going on afterwards. And that, I think, was the revelation that made that particular film work for them. And so knowing revelation is really about gaining insights, about how you're going to approach something, to have that moment, the aha, eureka moment says, oh, we need to do it this way, and consistently tweaking and making it better. The final thing the final stage is release, which is an interesting phase for Imagineers because you have to, at some point, you don't get to continually tweak it necessarily unless operations comes back to you for uh, with a budget. You basically turn it over operations and they eventually sign off on it and you go on to something else. And so that release is huge, but it's also more than that physical release. It's kind of a... It's kind of a spiritual release. It's kind of that 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 emotional, mental release. To that effect, Bob Iger had noted on Pandora's opening day, quote, at Disney, we have a, how did they do that standard? I can't think of a better example of that than what we're standing in front of right now. End of quote. James Cameron responded, quote, I never thought, I'd see the day when pen, the Pandora I imagine could be made physically real. End of quote. By the way, a lot of actors said the same thing. They were because they really had done most of their performances in front of a green screen with some props. In this instance, they actually got to actually finally walk through the world of Avatar. At any rate, long and short is is that there is this moment where you realize you've given birth to a baby and it is something really special. And, 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 and that, I think, is at the heart of what happened seven years ago. Pandora, uh, the world of Avatar, it is truly... Uh, Joe Rohde and his team gave birth to a baby that is just amazing. And... Operations continues to run it, and it is just, it's just a wonderful place to be. I would love to see an additional attraction added. I'm excited to see where Disneyland's version goes. Um, but all is said and done, the thing that has made uh, Pandora, the world of Avatar, succeed is that Joe and his team had to go through those rites of passage to get to that day where it would give birth and be part of it. Now, souvenirs for you and your organization. As we look at these examples, not from just the attraction flight of passage, but from 
the experience of building not just Pandora Flight World of Avatar, but also Disney's Animal Kingdom at large. Consider how these rites of passage show up for you in your own life, in your own personal work experience. Is there a project or situation which you just, you didn't expect, you didn't, or at least you didn't expect to be suddenly become so difficult? It's maybe been thrust upon you, or you turned a corner and, oh my gosh, this new thing is happening, or uh, the inevitable occurred, and now, you know, it might be that you've, you've lost your job. It might be that you have a new, um, a new, uh, or you've lost a loved one. You've got to go. It may be the loss of something or taking on something. But you have to ask yourself, well, all right, can you give yourself grace to allow yourself to, first of all, to realize that this is disorienting, that this is, this is really difficult to take on something that you just was, you weren't expecting to take on. And is there a situation where change, when this change has brought you to standstill, how do you, how do you in that moment where it's like, whoa, how do you breathe and, and identify to take the next step? As you go from disorientation, that chaos moment where everything seems confusing, you begin to piece together the challenge. You ask yourself, how do I start looking at this differently from a bigger picture? And then how do I break the challenge down so that I can see how all the pieces would come together? In fact, they are. They're like puzzle pieces, tic-tac-toe in the case of Joe Rohde. How do you put the puzzle pieces together for putting it, for making it work? Where do you start? How do you get out the gate of something like this? And that's the challenge is you have to have, you have to have the, the courage to take a step in the dark, knowing that the more steps you take in the dark, the sooner you are going to see the light at the end of the tunnel. And that light at the end of the tunnel becomes the next phase of your rite of passage, revelation. Ask yourself, what are the milestones that help you to see where you have been and where you are going? What insights are you gaining at each key, key juncture along the way, learn as you go along the way. Say, what if, and that may mean that you're going to make mistakes. That's okay. It's only terrible if you make mistakes and you haven't learned from them. Learn from them. That doesn't mean we don't have to learn several times. That's okay too. But at some point, you got to learn and get better from them. And then you have to say, how can I tweak or improve how I approach my day, how I approach my work, how I approach my job, how I approach what I do. You, that revelation comes to you and you need to take action on. That's the light at the end of the tunnel. And then finally, release. Celebrate what you have accomplished. How are you going to say, I did it. I've gotten to this next threshold. How do you share what you have learned from that. That should be part of your celebration, to share, to communicate, to say, I got here, it was hard, but I learned this, and this is what I gained from it, and share it for the benefit of others, to inspire them to take a step in the dark and to see the light at the end of the tunnel. How do you let go? And then move and have courage to then take the next rite of passage, the next challenge, the next situation that you are going to embrace.
this is the marvel of this film. And mind you, you're so caught up in the banshees and the flying and the and the water and the waves and everything going on. But in truth, at the heart of this is a rite of passage. And the rite of passage resonates with who we are as people. We want to we want to know that whatever chaos, whatever whatever situation comes, we can take on the challenge we can find light and we can we can succeed at what we do what disney does best is bring you happily ever after but the best happily ever after is come because you have gone through that rite of passage you have gone through those challenges you've seen the light you have truly well come to a happily ever after that's at the heart of of what this is all about. This concludes our Disney Insights podcast for the day. We appreciate you joining us. Again, not only subscribe, check out the Disney Insights page because it's also going to lead you to our Wayfinder group. Our Wayfinder group, well, that allows you to um, actually access an entire, probably the most comprehensive study of Pandora, uh, the world of Avatar. In, in it's interactive, we go through all the details we talk about, but so much more. All the attractions, all the food, the entertainment, the land, the flora, the fauna. Check out that link on DisneyInsights.com. Go there today. Also, um, join us on our Disney Insights Facebook page share we'd like to hear what um you know we think about the the attraction we would like to hear from you um about uh that as well so head over to the facebook page again thank you for being part of this disney insights podcast no matter where you are no matter what you do remember always follow the compass of your heart have a great day we'll see you real soon.